0: Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a victory. No, it is not a victory Monday. It is a playoff Monday because uh, it doesn't matter what happened to the Bucks in week 18. It doesn't matter what happened. That's to them true. In Sunday's game, whether they won or lost, they lost by a score of 30 to 17. But that's okay because their record, it's not 8 and 9. It's... Zero and zero, and they are fighting for the Super Bowl championship just like everyone else. We're going to talk about if the Bucks are ready for the Cowboys in Monday night's matchup. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com. It is Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing? Are you ready for the playoffs? Are you ready for some football? A Monday night party? Because as we <laughs> learned later on Sunday night after the Bucks played, they're hosting the Cowboys, not on Saturday, not right. on Sunday, but on Monday night prime time on ESPN and ABC. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the call, so very exciting.
2: Yeah, and I, I think we talked about this too. That that's that's the the day that we expected uh, yes. it to be. So so um, uh, we'll we'll have um, you know a, a lot of Bucks Cowboys talk today, and also all throughout the week. Um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of fans up there that are upset at the fact that this team is making the playoffs at eight and nine and, and I'm, you know, I, I, I can't begrudge the Buccaneers for, you know, being a little nonchalant about this because that's the rules that were put in place, right? Uh, it's just, it's just like, you know, we want to sit there and, and maybe scream and yell when, you know, these, these big, Corporations don't pay any income tax, right? And and uh, these CEOs get away with not paying any income tax, even though they made millions and millions of dollars. Well, it's because that's the way the system's set up. They're playing by the rules,
0: right? Sometimes you you know, sometimes you game the system. I think I I think a good example, if you want to keep it into sports, was the Tampa Bay Lightning. They took advantage of um, I don't know the exact rules, but there was something that they took advantage with the salary cap where they were able to. Keep some of their like key Correct. players for the playoff run, and obviously the the Lightning.
2: Yeah, uh, went the well, especially with, with Nikita up. Kucherov. That was that was the big one. Was he didn't count against the salary cap? I don't think, because he was on injured reserve. So yeah, yeah. As, as John V says, win your division. Period. They did. Now, I've been a big proponent of. I don't think that the home playoff game should go to a team with a losing record. I think there should be a caveat put in the rules. And, you know, I don't necessarily think it's fair that a 12-win Cowboys team yeah. comes to Tampa to play an 8-win Buccaneer team. I would like to see the rules change, even though, having said that, it would hurt the Buccaneers this year. But that's not the way the rules are set up for right now. That's why the Cowboys are hopping on a plane to come here to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, uh, you know, we did have uh, my good friend Rick Zoyce, who is uh, the, the chief architect of our out um catchphrase at the end of our shows that was that was due to Rick I coached with him and, and Pop Warner he was uh, best man at my wedding and he is a lifelong Cowboys um you know I'm going to say fan but honestly he follows the Cowboys uh almost like a, a profession it's almost like a second job for him he's so dialed into what Dallas is doing he did a great job back in week one in helping us preview that season opener and uh even though Shaq Barrett's not going to be in this game, yeah. that was the graphic we used, and so haven't had time to build a new one yet. But our Bucks versus Cowboys game preview will be on Wednesday, and we'll have Rick Zoyce on again for the show and, and bringing you up to speed on everything Dallas Cowboys and, and Tampa Bay. And if my memory serves, I think he predicted the Buccaneers winning in week one, so he's not a Cowboys homer. I I think that he gives really good spot on analysis and I've had some text conversations today. And and I think he even said, I I like Tampa Bay in this game. So we're going to find out from Rick why he likes the Buccaneers over the Cowboys, or if he's changed his mind by, by Wednesday at four o'clock.
0: Yeah, we shall see. Very excited to have Rick back on. We got a lot of great feedback from you, the wonderful pewter people, uh, the last episode that we had Rick on to begin the season. So Expecting another uh, great, great episode tomorrow. Maybe the best one yet. We're going to try to have the best episode of all time today. So, obviously, we'll talk about uh, Bucks versus Cowboys, everything that's coming up with that. Uh, we'll talk a lot about injuries, too. Injuries has been a big topic for the Bucs in recent weeks, but especially going into this one. Ryan Jensen, everybody wants to know yep. about. Robert Hainsey, everybody wants to know about. Obviously, the secondary. Right on, uh, right there in in the comments, wanting to know about uh, Ryan Jetson. Also, let's remember at 4:20 we will have roll call. That's right. With the Pewter people, one of us will start talking about a topic with the Bucks or the NFL in general, or really anything. I, I, I don't think we should we should limit ourselves to sure. one or two specific topics. But anyway, um, wh- whether you're watching from Tampa, whether you're watching from England, uh, doesn't really matter. We love the Pewter people. We love it when you guys let us know where you're watching yep. from, we'll put the comment just like Tom Bucks fan right there. We'll put the comment on the screen yep. uh, showing it's where you comment. are watching from. So, and Tom Bucks fan says Seattle beat the Saints in 2010 with a seven and nine record, a division winning record. Carolina yep. beat Arizona with a seven eight and one winner of the NFC South. Uh we playing Washington, who also had a uh, if we're playing Washington, who also had a uh, losing record. At 7-9. and nine. Uh, Everyone remembers the Marshawn Lynch moment when the yeah. Seahawks defeated the New Orleans Saints. Bucs fans right. remember it even more because, understandably so, they hate the New Orleans Saints. So they were yes. probably cheering just as hard as Seahawks fans right. when that And
2: Bruce Arians remembered his Arizona Cardinals having to go to Carolina and lose in the first round of the playoffs that year against the Panthers, which I think were 7-8-1 and one, or right seven and, that and, eight one was and a, a year little too bit different though because yeah. i
0: think if i'm um, if my memory serves me correctly yeah. the cardinals were down to like their third string yeah. quarterback or something like that so it wasn't exactly like they beat kurt warner and correct you know, Larry it Fitzgerald. was like carson
2: palmer cardinals in yeah that yeah game. sorry yeah. carson palmer yeah, yeah that would have made yeah. a,
0: a lot more sense but nonetheless that's why they say all you gotta do is get in all you gotta yep. you just gotta give us a chance and tom brady was uh you know the Bucks already have the commercials coming out uh, yeah. on, on your television, being like, "Okay, we just need an opportunity. We got that opportunity now. It's on us, and we'll yeah. see what uh, Tampa Bay does in this uh, in this playoff game."
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely. I think the, the matchup we've talked about it now for you know a week or two, right? Which team did we want to see the the Buccaneers face? Which team would be a better matchup for Tampa Bay, Philadelphia or Dallas? And and we saw yesterday. Dallas, uh, you know, stubbed their toe big time against the Washington, uh, commodes. I, I yeah. call them that because I grew up a Washington Redskins fan. Um, I understand the name change, I don't like the name Commanders, so they're the commodes to me. So, uh, I, I was born in, in Northern Virginia, so I don't think I have any any Washington allegiances right now. I that was many, many moons ago when John Riggins was my favorite player, uh, when I was a little kid, but um, but yeah, I. I I'm not a favor of of the of the commodes and uh, but it was nice to see them flush the Cowboys 26 to 6 yesterday for sure.
0: Yeah so that's actually one of the things just and we'll do a lot of the preview tomorrow but one of the things that stood out to me I saw a stat that this year the Dallas Cowboys on the road when they play on a grass field are one and four on the season. I thought that was a (laughs) very interesting stat that does apply to the Bucs. The other thing that did concern me though and Granted, one of their games was last season. So the Bucs and the Cowboys have met up the last two years in a row on the season opener. There's an old saying in football that's very tough to beat a team three times in a row. Typically, that applies to two divisional opponents meeting up again in the playoffs, Bucks, Saints, 2020. And um, (laughs) yeah, and it's tough to beat a team three times. So you think about that as well. And that was in the back of my head. But again, that was a. 2021 Bucks team and then a 2022 Bucks team, two very different squads. So uh, just a yep. couple of stats to throw out at everybody um, who's already going to be thinking about the game right. all week long. Because football fans are the best fans. Bucs fans are super passionate. So oh, we love I mean, our Peter we're, people. And we're, we're, and we're only gonna, on we're only we're, on Monday. And I can bet you yeah. are gonna be thinking about it all week long. I know I am.
2: So. I love Mondays. You love Mondays. We got roll call coming up in about 11 minutes here, Matt. You're gonna go on a rant today, and I'm gonna put up all of the the destinations of where everyone's tuning in for. So keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, You're talking about, you know, uh, winning and, and, you know, unbeatable this and that. And I'll tell you what's unbeatable folks is Celsius. That's right. Celsius, the official energy drink of the Peter report podcast. Why do we love it so much? Honestly, it's the taste for me. It really is. Now uh, when I'm looking for an energy drink to me, I want it to taste uh, like what it says on the can. So if it's orange, as i had one this morning i wanted it to taste like orange and it did i've had the tropical vibe over the weekend and it's it's a fantastic uh, tropical star fruit pineapple mix they've got a new flavor of celsius that's coming out that has been teased over the weekend so we can't wait to debut that here on peter report but the arctic vibe the peach vibe there's so many good flavors now aside from the flavor The reason why I drink an energy drink instead of coffee in the morning is because I want that boost of energy. I want to get going in the morning. Or if I have one in the afternoon, it's before my workout, so I get a good lift or a good jog in. You're not going to find a better energy drink than Celsius. Tastes great, has seven essential vitamins, so it's healthy for you. And it's got no sugar and no preservatives, and that means there's no sugar crash later on. What's the point of drinking an energy drink only to crash a couple hours later and not have any energy because the sugar kicked in? So you're not going to get that with Celsius. Where can you find Celsius around you? I'm glad that you thought about that question. Well, I got the answer. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, type in your address, and you will see all of these different health and fitness stores, convenience stores, Matt Bodega's, bodega, and also grocery stores where you can find uh, the, the many different flavors of Celsius. Once you find the flavors that you like, here's what I would recommend doing. Do what I do. Go to Amazon. Use the subscribe and save option. Buy them in bulk. Get them shipped to your house and save money that way. That way, you can set up your deliveries. If you want a case of Celsius coming to you every week, every two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, couple months, whatever, you can do that on Amazon. It's the best way to buy Celsius. Again, keep an eye on on Celsius' new flavor, which is going to be debuted shortly. And as soon as it is, we'll have that here on the Peter Report podcast for you.
0: Yes, we will. So, obviously, yesterday, week 18, we talked about that a lot on the uh, Pewter Post game show. So, make sure you check that out on our YouTube or our Spotify or iTunes or wherever podcasts can be found. Uh, you, could, you could see yesterday's show or listen to yesterday's show there. Um, but today, we spoke to Todd Bowles as well. And uh, Coach Bowles was his usual, typical self, you know, pretty monotone, straight to the point. He does have moments, though, where he can laugh at certain things, whether someone gave him chips and chips ahoy and, uh, and milk up at the lectern yep. or um, <laughs> the continuous questions asked about Ryan Jensen. And uh, shout out to Emily with this comment. Hi, Matt. Hi, Scott, everyone. I'm so excited for next week's playoff game, but realizing we are still a question mark as actually performing to any standards I thought we had. Yeah, I don't think the Bucks really have. Yeah. Performed to a lot of standards this week. But um to get back to Todd Bowles, one of the first things he was asked was about Ryan Jensen. So mm-hmm. I I think we should talk a lot about the injuries, yeah. especially for today's show. And not just Ryan Jensen, but Robert Hainsey at right. the center position. So Scott, you had a story a little bit earlier today about Robert Hainsey and just the update on him, what's going on with that with that hamstring injury. And yeah. um Know both spoke a little bit as well, just saying like he hasn't got an MRI. He didn't really sound very concerned about right. what's going on with Robert Hanzy.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's a good thing, right, for the Buccaneers because when you look at at uh, at the center position, right, you don't have Robert uh, or you don't have uh, Ryan Jensen because of the training camp injury. He's been practicing with the team, and Matt, you'll tell us about Jensen's availability in just a second. But as it pertains to to Robert Hanzy. 13 plays into the game, he suffers a, a what it was told to me is a tweak, a tweaked hamstring. That's better than a strain or a pull or a tear. And so the team is very hopeful that he can play in this game coming up. And the fact that it's it's on Monday as opposed to the Saturday slate or Sunday gives him another day or two worth of rest. And it's not even an afternoon game. It's a night game. So it's the best possible scenario for the likes of, of a guy like Robert Hainsey uh, and also Vita Vea, Carlton Davis, some of these guys that were held out, Donovan Smith, it's going to give them more time to get rested up for the the first playoff game. Correct. And so I, I think that's that's a little bit of a blessing for this team. We saw Nick Leverett step in at the center position, and John Molchan came in and got his first NFL action at left guard. And I thought the offensive line, the makeshift offensive line, actually did a pretty good job. But there's only two quarterback hits that were surrendered in the game, and both those were too Hansey in the first 13 plays. And then also the veteran Shaq Mason gave up a hit. Other than that, Brandon Walton graded out fantastically, especially in pass protection. Yeah. He's at the, the left tackle position. Bots. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think that it was, it was a good whew, kind of worthwhile experiment to even get a guy like Luke get in the game at right tackle. Now he didn't exactly set the world on fire. Didn't look any better per se at the right tackle spot than he did the left guard spot, but, He'd been practicing at at the right tackle spot for probably a week or so, so it was it was a lot of you know r- mental recall from yes. his college days where he played right tackle at Michigan at Central Michigan. So um, I I think they're going to be okay. I I think as long as that hamstring doesn't flare up again during the game, Robert Hines will start. That'll push Nick Lebret back to left guard.
0: Yeah, which obviously would be a good thing. I I, I do feel as if the play calling was catered to a backup-led offensive line because there were a lot of screens, a lot of quick passes. But yes. sometimes you have to do that in that situation. you got to protect your quarterback and, and other skilled players if you know that the offensive line is going to struggle. But one thing I did really like that the Bucks' offensive line and, and Byron Lefwich called was they called a lot of pitches and sweeps to the outside. So they had yeah. a lot of... Offensive lineman in motion, pulling, right. getting to the outside. I think that actually worked to a degree. The one of the plays that it didn't work was when uh, Luke Edicki got a holding penalty on yes. him, and it would have gave the Bucks a first down. Giovanni Bernard ran on the play, or
2: it might have been right. a fourth and one or a third. And it was, a, short it was a fourth down, fourth yes. and short. Yeah. Right.
0: It was it was a fourth and short, but it was a good play call. And I know I, I know Luke Edicki would want to have that one back because that yeah. was one of those holds where. I understand what he's trying to do. He just wants to get in front of right. the, the blocker. But Bernard had the, the the amount of speed that Giovanni Bernard had yeah. and the way that the defender was coming. Right. Bernard gets that first down even if Luke Gedeke just for a quick second just like goes, runs by him, not even – Yeah, and like just let's go. Him. Correct. Yeah, yeah. E- exactly. So I think that's a good learning moment though for Luke Gedeke. He's not going to make that mistake over and over again. I agree. But that's really just my way of saying that. I, I liked – what they did with getting the offensive linemen in motion, I don't mm-hmm. think they were stellar, again, because they were sh- throwing quick passes, didn't have to, like, stay in the pocket for too long. Right. But, you know, if you get Hainsy, you get Leverett back into the position that he's been playing all season long. worfs returns. Donovan Smith, obviously, uh, will all be holding our breath and crossing our yeah. fingers. that There's not too many holding penalties or, or big mistakes there. But it does seem like the Bucks' offensive line is trending, in the right direction now let's bring this full circle back to ryan jensen this is what todd Bowles said about ryan jensen today and i want to clarify something after the video as well
1: That's out there. Uh, i'll give you the same answer as last week uh, status quo he's working hard and you know we like to see him out there but we'll see the windows starting to close the windows right. starting to close this week so we'll see where we're at This week, and he said
0: it himself, just status quo, working hard. Yeah. see where he's at at the end of the week. One thing I just wanted to clarify real quick is you see him chuckling at the beginning of the video. It was the way that the question was asked. They said, oh, is there a possibility that a mysterious starting center um, Mm -hmm. is available for this week? So it was just like the acknowledgement of like, okay, here's the Ryan Jensen question. Almost reminded me very similarly of during training camp and early in the season when Todd Bowles, a little bit of Tom Brady, but mostly Todd Bowles, got asked about, hey, is Rob Gronkowski going to come back? Are you leaving the spot open for Gronk if if Gronk wants to make it? So um, it just kind of reminded me of that uh, just a little bit. But Jensen, I think at this point, Scott, it's safe to say, and that window is closing. You know, It's a three-week window. He's already had the first two weeks, so only a couple more days left. If he is taken off of IR and put on the Bucks active roster and you mentioned it yesterday i really think it's just a break glass in case of emergency type of situation yeah. let's have ryan jensen just in case we lose our top two centers in the playoff game
2: yeah and, and we'll have to see too how much progress he makes because it, it is kind of like a pass fail thing it's it's like you know like we can grade uh, with letter grades or number grades uh, right. every position of football except for like say a, a kicker, right? Either you make it and you pass or you miss it and you fail, right? It's, it's that situation too, with this 21 day window. It's either you activate him on the active roster or he goes back on into reserve yeah, for, for the rest of the postseason. So it's, it's, it's pass fail. It's It's either he's going to be up or he's not. And so you have to determine then if, you know, if he's, if he's truly going to, uh, be able to play in the game, and and you know you don't want to waste a roster spot on a guy just in case he's an emergency. You have to you have to feel comfortable uh, if he's going to dress, then you got to put him you know in the game. So it's 4:20, which means it's time for
0: roll call. Where are you at, pewter people? I'm going to start talking about another injury situation that I think is also very important for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they want to make a big playoff run. Um, but in that time. We want everyone in the chat, all the pewter people, please put your location in the chat where you are watching from. If you're watching this at a later date, if you're not in the chat right now, that's totally fine. Just put it in the comment after you watch the show as well. And, uh, you know, we always look at that too. So everyone in the chat, let us know where you are watching from. And I'm going to talk about not even necessarily the injury situation in the secondary for the Bucs, but the importance – of the Bucks secondary being totally healthy for this playoff run. Because I think, obviously, a lot of this is going to come down to Tom Brady and if the Bucks offense can turn around. But if the Bucks offense, and you never assume, because you don't want to make an ass out of you and me, yeah. but if we're <laughs> under the impression that the Bucks offense is going to be similar to the 17 points per game, or maybe maybe they'll increase it up to 20 points per game, I still think it's going to come down to the Bucks defense getting the job done for the Bucs if they want to play late into January and hopefully into February. I think, uh, listen, Devin White is great. Levante David is still a really good player, maybe not the guy that he once was. The defensive line is dealing with some injuries. You see Akeem Hicks there play very well in a limited role uh, last game. And, you know, Vita Veya obviously is the team captain, going to be the guy for years there. I truly think it comes down to the secondary. If the secondary can ball out in the playoffs for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think that they can go a long way. They are asking, oh, well, what about the injuries? Well, Carlton Davis has missed the last three games with the shoulder injury. Jamel Dean just came back from a toe injury. Logan Ryan missed last game. And he was injured earlier in the year when he fractured his foot. Uh, Mike Edwards was a bit of a surprise being on the inactive list for that last game. He's now dealing with the hip injury and he missed some time. The Bucks secondary can ill afford to get into a situation where they are missing one or two of their guys, whether it's at safety or at corner. Sean Murphy Bunting has stepped up his game he the really last does. couple of weeks. But I just think in the playoffs, when you look at it, it really doesn't matter who your opponent is going to be. For the Bucs this week specifically, it's the Dallas Cowboys. They are going to need... Carlton Davis to match up against anyone's top number one wide receiver this week. Yeah. It's going to be CD lamb, but you know what? If they beat Dallas odds are they're probably playing the Eagles the following week. And AJ Brown is a huge problem that not many teams want to deal with. I don't think the Bucs can get by with, you know, if they, if they lose Carlton Davis and you know, the toe injury flares up, I know SMB is a solid guy, but Zion the column.
2: He's not to- ready. <laughs>
0: He cannot be a plug and play type of guy. And let's remember you want to talk about playoff runs? The Bucks back in 2020, let's remember that NFC championship game against the Packers. They lost two of their top safeties. Antoine Winfield Jr. did not play. Right. He was injured in that game. And then Jordan Whitehead injured his shoulder. Remember, he started that second half with a big right. force of fumble. So they were down to Andrew Adams and Mike Edwards. In there. That's right. The very possible situation for the Bucks in this playoff run if they go down Carlton and or you know Jamel Dean I don't trust S&P and Ty McCollum to put on the same effort <sighs> if you did and yeah. uh, and Mike Edwards for that game right there and then you know Keanu Neal just got hurt last game as well it didn't we'll, we'll find out during the week but you know he's kind of been dealing with a chronic injury yeah broken Ryan makes the splash plays Mike Edwards was a ball hog, not as many turnovers lately. Um, but I really think the secondary and my point is just the secondary to me is the key to the, it is making a big playoff run. And it starts with staying healthy. Most yeah. of the Carlton Davis.
2: Yeah. I think it's a great point. And, and the other thing too, we mentioned Zion McCollum, did some research on, on his rookie season today. And again, uh, I I've, I go back to the Rondé Barber lesson, right? And it doesn't mean that Zion McCollum is going to be Rondé Barber. There's been plenty of rookie cornerbacks on this team that that have not amounted to anything and never really panned out or developed, right? I mean, uh, Myron Lewis was one of them. Yep. Uh, Alan Zemitis was another one, one way back in the day, but... But uh, so it, it's it's not a guarantee. But Rondé Barber was awful as a rookie. So I always try to give yeah. a guy as, as that second season to see if the light comes on, because usually you, that that biggest leap for NFL players is between their rookie season and year two, because instead of training for the draft and going to the combine, mad and doing the pro days and the award circuits and the top thirty visits and all that stuff. It's just focusing on watching your film from your rookie season, not, not somebody else's trying to understand the offense or defensive schemes. It's you're watching yourself and what you did, and then you're training with your teammates and your trainers all throughout the offseason, making gains in, in speed and strength and mass and in all of that. So it'll be interesting to see what Zion McCollum becomes next year because this year wasn't good. He had one pass breakup despite being targeted 21 times he allowed 17 catches on those 21 targets, including uh, that that pay, that play we we put up there, that deep shot, mm-hmm. where he was actually in pretty good position against right. Drake, yeah, against Drake London. You can see that his hand is right there. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of Carlton Davis, right? Back as a rookie in 2018, we've got a ton of Cliff Welch, Cliff Welch pictures of Carlton Davis literally having a finger on the ball or being an inch away and from a pass breakup. And instead it was giving up touchdowns. So sometimes this is what happens. You're close as a rookie to breaking up the passes and, and batting some balls down. And then that comes in the second year. And then the interceptions come in the third year. And that's kind of what happened to Carlton Davis, right? He had a ton of pass breakups and he had more pass breakups as a rookie for sure. He was a yeah. second round cornerback. He was more talented coming out of Auburn than Zion McCollum is, and it's a big leap from Sam Houston to the NFL. But he made that transition, almost breaking up a lot of passes to breaking up a lot of passes in 2019 to a career-high four interceptions in 2020 to lead the Buccaneers and help them win the Super Bowl. But allowing 17 catches for 228 yards and a touchdown, not great. And he's missed eight tackles this year. Mm -hmm. That's, That's tied for third actually fourth most on the team and that's, that's not good like a
0: reserve role too like, yeah, exa- had, the, exactly exactly he's only had some spot starts and exactly we talked a lot about that on, on yesterday's show as yeah. well i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is not as um, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
2: want to do another stomp you out speech.
1: It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Just the amount of times that he whiffed the Tyler Algier mistackle that uh, we kind of highlighted yesterday. Todd Bowles spoke a little bit about the defensive backs, who's available, how they're looking during the week. So I'm going to play that video real quick. We'll
1: see how the week goes you know Carlton hasn't played Mike didn't play uh, we'll see how the week goes on and like I said' at the end of the year everybody's banged up I mean, it's a matter of whether you can play or not you know if they can play we'll have them out there if they can't the next guy's gonna have to step in just having two extra days of, of rest uh, or prep time doesn't hurt in that situation no it doesn't
0: a big we'll see guy how's this guy doing is he gonna be available we'll see is ryan jensen gonna be available we'll see
2: you know yeah yeah he's he's uh certainly uh, a man of few words um not not like some other bucks coaches that would ramble on and on and on uh for sure a couple of of other comments here we have a couple super chats we'll get to in a second here daniel king says hey scott how about the lovey smith news out of houston laugh out loud yeah i mean that was that was something watching Lovey Smith defy orders and, and uh, you know, blow the, the pick on the way out the door. Uh, I don't think the Texans could fire him fast enough. What an, what an absolutely awful head coach he was in Tampa and in Houston and actually Illinois, too. Uh, I, I don't understand.
0: They should have fired their coach the year before the Texans.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. Because they
0: like started playing better. They weren't yeah. good, obviously, but yeah. I, I don't know. I felt like their coach, who was David Cully, right? It was Cully, was their yeah, coach. David Cully, yeah. Two seasons yeah. ago, they put yeah. him in a position to fail right away, and he he kind <clears> of <throat> right. did not, not the same way, but kind of like yeah. how the Panthers, he thought that they were absolutely done. After, right. like, they traded McCaffrey and fired yeah, the coach, and, and, but they and, actually, like, played respectively.
2: I think the mission in, in getting Lovey Smith hired or, you know, hiring him, it wasn't because he was a great defensive coordinator. His defense was, like, in the bottom five in, in the right. NFL. So it, it, it was simply to, you know, hey, you've got one mission. Get the number one draft pick. And he failed just because that's what he is. Lovey Smith is a failure. It's been so long. Gosh, when was it, about 2006? that the bears yeah
0: when they went to the super bowl yeah and the Bulls, i
2: mean and it was, it was obvious time. when he was here in tampa going 2 and 14 i mean get remember the Bucs hired him to improve their record from greg shiano's last season in 2013 shiano went from 7 and 9 to 4 and 12 and then Lovey smith comes in They actually lose two more games they finished 2 and 14 didn't even win a home game that year just an absolute horrific hire by the buccaneers and uh, you know, could not wait to see him gone fast enough. He was a terrible coach, and uh, you know, I, I'm not surprised at, at at this. And God help the NFL team that hires this guy again in any capacity, head coach, defensive coordinator. The game has literally passed him by, like Murray a long time a, ago, a, yeah, a long time Illinois.
0: ago. He was at Illinois for a little bit too. So. Yes,
2: yeah. I mean, it, he had like I think one signature win. They beat Wisconsin one year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was bad. Uh, We have a couple super super chats we'll get to, and then I've got a a pretty interesting Dak Prescott stat. I'll throw it your way here. But let's go back and get some of these super chats, Matt. Go ahead,
0: Uh, Teddy, with the five (laughs) dollars super chat. Thank you, Teddy. Uh, Who is each of your predictions for playoff breakout player? I like this question. Yeah. Who do you think will come alive/slash show up when it matters most, and why? So that's a great question because it just reminds me of 2020. Sean Murphy Bunting was that yep. guy you know, getting yep. all of the getting all of the interceptions. So offensively, the first guy that popped into my head, and I don't know if this counts because he's it depends on how many snaps the Bucks will give him. Right. Uh, but Rashad White, obviously, I think can kind of be what Leonard Fournette <laughs> was to the Bucks in 2020. Just yeah being the guy that they're going to ride out. uh, I'm not saying the run game is going to get insanely better, but I think Rashad White or Kate Odden as well. I don't want to steal too many players, but Kate Odden has shown he can not take over games, but he can, you know, be a huge factor late in games. I would love for him to start doing things in the first half and continue to he's Mr. Second half. In my opinion, right. is Kate Odden defensively. Just riding what he's been doing in recent weeks, Anthony Nelson. If he can continue mm-hmm. to get to the quarterback, I think that goes a long way for this Bucks defense. The strip sacks, the just consistent pressure. I think yeah. Anthony Nelson might be it.
2: I, I'm gonna start on defense and I'm I'm gonna go with Sean Murphy Bunting. The guy's just played really, really good football. Yeah. He's in a contract year. I think one of the biggest things for him, Matt, it's been two things, right? It's been it's been injuries, right? He's been banged up at times. But then it's also when he's healthy, it's been a lack of confidence. Yeah. And I just think, you know, he he's gotten into his head sometimes. He, he doesn't have, like, uh, Jamel Dean can give up a touchdown. that I don't think he's given up one this year. Maybe he gave up, uh, actually, I think he gave up one or two in the Packers game. But he's had a really good year. But Jamel Dean, just like, his. he's like happy-go-lucky. He's like, oh, well, you know, give up a touchdown. I'm going to go ahead and get a pick the next play. That's just his mentality. I think Sean – has kind of beaten himself up a little bit, but his his confidence is riding high right now. I would not be surprised at all if if he, you know, the only problem with Sean though is is he's probably not going to see many snaps now in defense unless yeah. unless they really want to, you know, cycle him in and kind of preserve Jamel Dean because Jamel Dean has got a he's got a, a banged up toe, right? And you have Carlton right. Davis with the shoulder, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see kind of a three headed monster rotation. The outside cornerback spot, because you're going to see Antoine Winfield Jr. in the slot for sure. Yes. But I like SMB. I think he's going to come up with some with some uh, you know, plays here in the preseason game against Dallas. And I think on the offensive side, I don't know. I, I I'd love to say Rashad White. It just seems like whether it's Byron Leftwich or Todd McNair, the running backs coach. I don't know. It's like he starts the game, and then we just don't see enough of him. You know, yeah. and, and and I I think that. The thing that could be holding Rashad White back is Byron Lefwich. So uh, I'm going to go with with Russell Gage. I don't know why, but uh, Russell Gage <laughs> you know, just seems to kind of be that guy that's showing up around the end zone. And yes, he crossed my know, mind
0: as well. And I was thinking, like, he's kind of been the goal line receiver for the yeah, Bucks this year. You know, yeah. they've gone away from the the fate pass to, to Mike right. Evans. Chris Godwin tends to do a lot of his work over the middle of the field. Right. Like, you know, again, trying to go from the 20 to the other 20 hasn't really been uh, a red zone presence as much outside of screens right. at the line of scrimmage. So Russell Gage, I think, is a good pick because yeah. he seems to be that, you know, the security blanket red zone guy of right. the Bucks uh, in, in recent weeks. Yep. So I, I like that pick of Russell Gage. We got a, a super chat from Leo. Thank you, Leo, for the $5 super chat. We're on the topic of Tom Brady again. Uh, when it okay. comes to Brady, it seems... All the Tampa beat writers have changed their tune from October. What made you guys change your mind?
2: Um, educated guess. Educated guess. Uh, no, I, I I think that that there is there's a, there's a lot of strong relationships that Tom Brady has has built in the building, and if you listen to what Sean Payton said when he was very candid about his coaching opportunities when he was on Fox on the pregame on, on Sunday, you know, he, he said it's not so much about the quarterback uh, because they went to new Orleans, didn't have drew Brees. It's about the relationships and the front office and ownership. And that's key, man. It's like with Tom Brady, he's got to feel comfortable where, where he's at. And sure. He plays with the players, right? The, 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 the the play calls are what they are. He's going to get a new offensive coordinator next year. We've been that's that's the the big secret in, in Tampa. That's that we've already let out of the bag. Byron Leftwich is going to get replaced. We'll write about it soon, but you know that's right now it's an it's an informed opinion, educated guess. But for for Brady, Matt, it's it's the relationship he has with Joel laser and the trust there, and the trust with Jason Light and the relationship there, and and also it's Todd Bowles. It's, you know, he wanted to play for Todd Bowles. He didn't stay retired. And and I, I think that that says something. Remember, this is an organization that stood with Tom Brady in his darkest hour, right, on a couple of occasions. Number one, when his father, when his mother, you know, was going through cancer, that's one thing. His father had um, COVID, right, during the 2020 season. And the Buccaneers were certainly supportive of him for that. Then he goes through a divorce this year, asks for a a 10-day hiatus from training camp. The team says, no problem. Okay, so where is better than Tampa Bay? He's been to the playoffs three straight years here. You look right now at the division, and of course things will change in the offseason, right, with free agency in the draft in Tampa and elsewhere. But Matt, you have to think that the Buccaneers, if Brady comes back, the NFC South is there for the taking again. Does he want to go out to to Las Vegas and play with the Raiders, the the shitty Raiders that are what six and ten? They haven't won squat lately in years. Yeah, yeah. no. Oh, just because Josh McDaniels is there, you think he wants to be uh, in in Sin City in Las Vegas where his kids are on the East Coast, a couple time zones away, and he's got to face Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs? Twice a year, and Justin Herbert and the Chargers twice a year. The Raiders aren't winning that division, even with Tom Brady. They're not. They're not as close to the playoffs or Super Bowl as Tampa Bay is when their roster is healthy. So I just don't see the Raiders, uh, you know, connection there. I mean, you can connect the dots. It might be, yeah, you know, the owner, um, you know, Mark Davis might want him. Okay, great. You know, uh, I want to win the lottery. Doesn't mean it's going to happen.
0: Right. I think uh, to answer the initial question, I think the big thing that changed the tune was the fact that Byron Lefwich won't be with the Bucs next season. I think they need a fresh outlook on offense, but even though you're getting like a new playbook, a new system, you still have the same players that you've worked with over the last couple of weeks. So I think that's obviously an important thing to Tom Brady. I would also say if you're looking at like the positives and negatives of both things – um, to your point, the division just way, way easier in the NFC South than almost anywhere else that he would go. Now, to your point about the Bucs being there for Tom Brady um, through a lot of different things, his divorce most recently, or, you know, hey, Tom wanted to play in this last game, so he's going to go play. I feel like if teams that are going after Tom Brady that are in pursuit of Tom Brady are probably going to let him do the same things and let Tom do what Tom wants to do, or else he wouldn't really be there in the first place. But the Raiders don't really love that situation for him, and I don't think he really likes it either. I do think there will be a couple of other doors that open. I mean, you want to talk about the Miami thing. I don't know if they're fully sold on Tua Tungalaya being healthy for yeah. a majority of the year. And I know he wants to team up, team up with Sean Payton, but you look at that team, and it's like, all right, they're pretty good. But on the flip side, right. you got got Buffalo Bills in that division, and you're playing New England every single year, which obviously is an emotional game, regardless of how New England is doing. So I think that definitely factors in. There's always going to be other opportunities. I think it would have to be a team that Brady goes to. And, like, Miami, again, would make sense because his kids right. are in Miami or two of his three kids. It would have to be a team that is, like, it's so set on offense with weapons. It's so set on defense yes. with what they have, and then you look at the overall, you know, division and overall outlook of the conference. I don't think there's a way better options out there than the Bucks, but I'm not saying there's not going to be any. So that's really right. all I'd say for the the Tom Brady situation. We have another super chat from Captain Avery. Appreciate you, Captain Avery. Uh, Four ninety nine super chat. Uh, a lot of people keep clamoring for Jensen, but even if he can go, is that the better option? Pretty likely he'd be a step slower and maybe a liability. Yeah, I mean, he's going to get thrown right into it if he were to play, which right. is why we don't really think that he's boy. Well, he's more of an emergency offensive center at, at this yeah. point. It's really it, tough, it's, especially in a right. playoff game.
2: Yeah, it, it, you're right, Matt. It's one thing to go in there and go through, you know, uh, a two, two-hour-and-a-half-hour uh, practice, right, where you get water breaks and... You know, there's there's tempo. You're not going full speed, certainly not this time of year. You're not really even in full pads this time of year, right, to all of a sudden playing 65, 70 snaps in a game full speed against the team that is hungry and wants to beat you and advance in the playoffs. So, I, you know, there, there's a big difference between can Ryan Jensen practice and can Ryan Jensen play? And I think those are two different things that the team has to weigh. One more thing to, to the point about Brady that I think is worth mentioning, too. We talked about the NFC South and how, you know, that's that's, uh, you know, up for grabs. All right. It's one of the weaker divisions out there. You look at at the Bucs uh, home and away. Let's do the home first in 2023. Uh, this is the schedule. Right. And so you've got the three NFC South teams there. You got the Bears coming to town. Uh, You know, a couple of upstarts in the Detroit Lions and Jacksonville Jaguars, see if they can sustain it. The Tennessee Titans were, you know, in the downward spiral at the end of the season. Of course, the Philadelphia Eagles, who also won their division. So that's the home slate right there. That looks not too daunting, right? And then then you got the the away slate. There'll be an extra AFC game this year. And again, you've got the NFC teams, a trip to Lambeau. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be the quarterback? Is it going to be Jordan Love? We don't know. Uh, the Vikings. We'll see how far they get. Boy, there's a couple of winnable road games right there. I think at Houston and Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and then you got a couple more challenging games for sure at San Francisco and Buffalo. Yeah. But but it's it's a schedule that that features the two worst divisions in football: the NFC South, which is the Bucks' home division, and the AFC South. So, uh, I I if I'm Brady, I'm looking at can I get back to the playoffs with the Buccaneers in 20. 23. And I think the answer is yes, I can.
0: Yeah, even some of the games that are considered tougher like Minnesota I don't think are are the toughest 13 win team uh, right. in the NFL. The Packers may not have Aaron Rodgers next year and I know some people are really hyped up about Jordan Love but I don't know, something to convinced me that a quarterback that's had like what, one career start and played in three or four games he's going to make that team immediately better than Aaron Rodgers. So, I do think the schedule is quite favorable for the Bucks this year. And every team is going to have tough games on the schedule. So it's like, right. where can you find uh the easier games in that Scott? You had mentioned that you had a very interesting Dak Prescott stat that I would yes. love to hear. But first, if you're talking about stats, you want to bet on the stats of players. The best place to do that would be with underdog fantasy. You obviously have the NFL playoffs coming up. You don't have to do just the NFL though. They have it for hockey, baseball. When that season gets back basketball, the UFC, is on all the time, and golf as well. So don't just limit to yourself for the NFL. But if you are going to bet on the NFL, the easiest and best way to do it is with Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game and their Rivals game. You just pick an over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You just pick between two and five players to fill out your Pick'em slip. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard, cash straight cash homie as randy moss once said use the promo code pewter that's p-e-w-t-e-r get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars by underdog even if you learn from plant city math you know that that is a heck of a deal so once again double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars with the promo code pewter p-e-w-t-e-r and win some money over at underdog Fantasy.
2: Yep. So, you know, in doing a little bit of, of advance, uh, scouting on the Dallas Cowboys and obviously the Buccaneers beat them 19 to three back in week one, that was a game where Dak Prescott was injured. He hit his, his uh, hand on Shaq Barrett's helmet and ended up breaking that hand. Cooper Rush came in actually played really well for, for the Cowboys. And I know some Cowboys fans out there wouldn't mind seeing Cooper Rush (laughs) at quarterback. does a better job of protecting the ball. And, we mentioned earlier that the Dak Prescott threw a pick six at Washington yesterday in that twenty six to six loss. Well, Dak has thrown at least one interception in the last seven games. Okay, that's quite a streak. So he's also thrown a pair of interceptions in four of those seven games in a row. So the Buccaneers picked him off uh, one time. If you remember, Anton Winfield started off the season with that interception. Down there in Dallas, Dak was held to uh, fourteen of twenty-nine passing at forty-eight point three percent for uh, just one hundred and thirty-four yards, no touchdowns, one interception. He was sacked a pair of times, and so if you look at the last five games, right, you started at, at this December in the December games, and then yesterday's game at Washington. The last five games, the Cowboys started off December with a fifty-four to nineteen win at. The uh or actually, uh, well, it, I'm going to say it against the Colts. It was in Dallas oh, right. against the Colts. Just destroyed them. Yeah, and that kind of you know caught your eye. Okay, Dak Prescott, three touchdowns in that game, 54 points. So it was it was kind of a monster game. Then the next week, they barely escape against the Houston Texans. They this was a home game too. I
0: remember. And that. It,
2: it took the last seconds of the game for them to overcome a really bad Houston Texans team, 27 to 23. Then the next week, they go to Jacksonville. We didn't realize if Jacksonville was going to be maybe this good, if we can right. say that. But they lost in overtime to the Jaguars, 40-34. to 34. Prescott threw two interceptions along with three touchdowns in that game. Got sacked three times. Then against the Philadelphia Eagles that didn't have Gardner Minshew. They had, or I should say, they didn't no. have Jalen Hurts. They did have Gardner Minshew. Prescott played pretty well. Three touchdowns, one interception, 347 yards, which was a season high for him. And this was a game that the Cowboys really wanted. They wanted to, to beat Philly. They did, 40-34 to 34 at home. And then they went on the road and played the Tennessee Titans, who again are in the downward spiral uh, by uh, week 17, and they won 27-13. Not a huge convincing win by any means. Prescott threw two picks. And so then you've got the loss to Washington. So in their last five games, they are only three and two. And a couple of those wins were against the Tennessee Titans and the Houston Texans and the Annapolis Colts. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are a pair of teams in the top five when it comes to draft order. And I believe the Tennessee Titans are right around 10 or so. So I'm just saying, even though this cowboy team has won 12 games this year, you can kind of go through some of those, just like you could with Tampa Bay, right? I'm sure. not, I'm not saying the Buccaneers are the juggernauts they were last year at 13 and four, because they beat the likes of the Arizona Cardinals in overtime, sweeping the Saints, getting a last second win against the Rams. Yeah, so we can play this cherry pick game. Both I'm sides. just saying. Yeah. yeah, but it, but it applies to both sides. This is not a Cowboys team that's coming in here that the Buccaneers should be afraid of, especially since they've got some confidence in beating them 19 to three in Week One, and and I think you look at their offense. If you can slow down Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb, you got a pretty good chance of beating Dallas if you can get some pressure on Dak Prescott. Again, Shaq Barrett's not playing in this game. He played in week one. And on defense, you know, if you identify where Micah Parsons is and you roll protection his way and not let him be a game wrecker. We've seen Byron Leftwich trip up in those scenarios, right? The the Pittsburgh yes. game comes to mind mm-hmm. where you only got one guy to worry about. That's Cam Hayward, but then he wrecks the game because you stick him one-on-one with Luke Gedeke too much. So if they can identify where Michael Parsons is, get some proper protection there, and not let Parsons ruin the game, I think they got a pretty good shot.
0: Yeah, I just I beg and plead the Bucks to not be stubborn in the playoffs. Like, please, give Donovan Smith you know, protection with, with a double team, if yeah. that's the case. Don't let Micah Parsons d- d- destroy the game. Please go play action on first down. Like, don't get stubborn to try to prove a point, which I feel like the Bucks have done this year. And to your point about Dak, I think he's obviously a very talented quarterback, and he's up there, maybe not like a top-five quarterback, but, you know, he's definitely one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I just feel like in his career, you know, he's never gone past the, the second round of the playoffs, he's still looking for that like signature win. And I don't right. necessarily know if beating an eight and nine Buccaneers is is necessarily a signature win. But yeah, winning don't, on the road. Don't tell
2: that to, to Brock Purdy or Desmond Ritter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna take those wins.
0: Right. Um, but even like going, going on the road and beating Tom Brady, I think, is is a big deal. We kind of learned that last year when, yeah. when the Rams did it, albeit Brady had the comeback, and it was kind of on the defense of why they lost that game late. Um, Tom Bowles actually spoke about what the Cowboys still do well, despite some of their recent injuries, and I'm going to try not to to sneeze while this video plays. Just
1: watching the game yesterday. Well, they have a swarming defense. We know that. They have ball hawks in the secondary. They can get to the passer as well. Uh, Mike is not the only one offensively. They're healthier on the offensive line. They can run the ball very well. Obviously, they got talent on the outside and in the backfield, and they have a great quarterback. So, you know, everything concerns you when you play the Cowboys. You got to play a complete game. Mike.
2: Yeah, um, you know, I, I I think that that um, I I don't want to say this game is there for the taking, but I, I'm not as concerned about the Cowboys as as I was if they were going to play the Philadelphia Eagles right now. If they play the Eagles the week after then, then they'll, they'll do that. Yeah. But you, you got to play who's on the schedule first, next. And that's that's the Dallas Cowboys. And again, I think having this game on Monday night in Tampa helps the Buccaneers out tremendously with their injury situation. You know, we'll see. Uh, Emily makes a good point. Just give us 60 seconds at the end of the fourth yeah. quarter. We will win the game. <laughs> Matt, that's what happened back in, in 2021 in that season opener, right? The Dallas Cowboys w- were, were gifted all of these opportunities to score, with Buccaneer turnovers. Tampa Bay really was moving the ball at will against the Dallas defense and and just turned the ball over a couple of times. I remember, Chris Godwin fumbled it inside the five-yard line, I think was one of them. And then it it took a Tom Brady comeback and a Ryan Suckup field goal to put the Buccaneers ahead 31-29. So they've they've won against the Cowboys uh, on the road this year and in, in kind of a dominating performance 19 to 3. And then they've also won in at home in a shootout fashion. In yes. the last seconds of the game. So uh, they've got experience doing it both ways against the Cowboys at two locations. So we'll see what happens this year.
0: I also think um, uh, not getting too much into our preview, but one thing that the Bucks have going for them on offense is like Chris Godwin obviously is way healthier and more comfortable now than he was in week one when the yes. Bucs uh, played the Cowboys. Mike Evans, I know he didn't play last game, but Mike Evans and Tom Brady maybe building something off of the Carolina game with the deep shots. Russell Gage, healthier than he's been in a while and becoming that red zone target and and a third down guy as well. So the offense is still not in a great spot. Let's not kid ourselves. But there are a couple of things that you can point to and say, all right, well, if this clicks the right way and they are the better team for one day, or one night, in this case on Monday night, it could be enough to um it could be enough to get the job done against the Cowboys. I like this comment from Mr. Wright. I was gonna say this too. Can Godwin play an entire game without fumbling? <laughs> I, I hope, hope so. I hope <laughs> the fumbling doesn't become an issue for Chris Godwin Because yeah. he, uh, to your point, the, the fumble last season against the Cowboys, yeah. he's obviously fumbled uh the last two games in a row. Rashad White had a bit of a fumbling issue a little bit earlier in the season, but that's been corrected. So hopefully Chris Godwin uh, can do the same. I mean, he was already working it on the sidelines. Everyone saw that. Uh, He was talking to Julio Jones about it. So um, I'm hoping it won't be an issue, but something to definitely keep an eye on for Monday's game.
2: Yep. Make sure that you're keeping an eye on your health here Now that we're into the 2023 new year And you can do that at age rejuvenation
0: As we age, our hormones decrease Both for men and women
2: I was tired all the time, had
0: no sex drive I was groggy I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt
2: I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time
0: Bioidentical hormones has really Made such an impact in people's lives I actually enjoy shopping now
1: Got all my energy back Mind is sharp feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait.
2: Call age rejuvenation today. I'm going to echo what that guy said. Get with age rejuvenation now. Don't wait. That's what I did. I waited a couple years too long because I didn't know about testosterone therapy. I didn't realize how you could feel so good at age 50, which is I I am right now. I'm 50. But I wasn't feeling that great at 45, if I'm being honest with you. I probably should have started this then. I mean, John Gilmore, who's on our Celsius Peter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation, he looks like he can still play. I mean, that's a recent picture of John from this year. And he's been doing Age Rejuvenation for over a year now. I've just started back in August. My wife actually started a couple months after me. She's been feeling uh, great. Uh, they've got a, a different formulation, obviously, for for women's hormones. but Uh, It makes a big difference. Make sure that you're treating yourself and your health the right way in 2023. A lot of people have these New Year's resolutions. We'll make this the year about your health. Go to agerejuvenation.com. Sign up for their, their free consultation. Get the lab work done. Your insurance will take care of it. And they'll run the entire lab panel, all your blood work. They'll check your testosterone level. It's natural for testosterone to decrease as we get older really starts happening in 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. So it's completely normal, but you can fight it with testosterone therapy. You can lose weight. I'm down to 209 pounds. When I started, I was about 216, 217. So I've lost weight. I have more energy. I'm feeling great. And it's all due to age rejuvenation. Check them out, agerejuvenation.com. Five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Mention Peter Report, and you can save $500 off your initial testosterone therapy treatment.
0: Scott, we have a uh, celebrity-slash-former-buccaneer Super Chat. Really? Yeah, from the real Josh Freeman. Okay. The real Josh Freeman. Thank you, 499, uh, for the 499 Super Chat, Josh. The real Josh right. Freeman says, Hi, guys, it's really me, Josh Freeman. Can I have tickets to the game? Thanks and love the podcast. Josh, appreciate the support yes. of the uh, of the podcast. Uh, tell us what you thought about the... Um, Episode where we went through uh, your experience before the Bucks Jets game to open the season oh, yeah. years ago. Um, yeah. Go uh, Cats, if, Josh. Yeah. Go Cats. But I uh, don't yeah. know if you love that one. Um, don't know if I could hook you up with tickets for the game, though. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sure you still know people in the Bucks facilities. So. Yeah. We appreciate uh, the love. Oh, you know, thanks, Josh.
2: Go, go Kansas State. Go Wildcats. Yeah. Kansas State's basketball team. Boy, up to number 11 in the country right now after three consecutive wins over top 25 teams. So uh, we've transitioned from football season to basketball season. And speaking of football, the only loss that TCU's had this year came against my Kansas State Wildcats in the Big 12 championship game. This is going to be one humdinger of, <laughs> of a – why is my wife calling me? I'm Hey, I'm doing the podcast, babe. Don't call me. <laughs> I'm like literally in the next room here. I'm um, be, yeah, I, I'm very. And excited. yes, I have Man Eater as as my my voice uh, ringtone for her which she like calls.
0: It. I might have to make that the uh, <laughs> the the <biggest laughs> yeah, podcast.
2: exactly. Uh, anyways, th- to my point, uh, interesting game tonight: TCU versus Georgia. I, I'm a big Georgia fan. Have been for years. My oh, wife actually is from. Uh, Georgia, so I've uh, been following them for a long time, so no, I'm not like a Johnny-come-lately bandwagoner with the Georgia Bulldogs, but Todd Munkin, who I've known from his days in Tampa, I've already texted Todd, congrats on a great season and good luck tonight. He is the play caller for Georgia as they try to repeat as national champions. Um, TCU, man, I, I'm I'm telling you, they're for real. I, I would not be surprised if this is a close game. I would not be surprised if TCU wins, but I hope that Georgia wins, and I hope that Todd Munkin ends up as the next play caller in Tampa Bay.
0: Todd Bowles will be rooting for Georgia as
2: well. His son has that's right. uh, Troy. committed to, to yep. playing, uh, playing at Georgia next season. be a next linebacker season. next year, yeah.
0: I will also be rooting for Todd Munkin because I bet the over in this game of 63 you go. and a half. I did pick TCU to cover – it's 13 points. I mean, that's a huge spread for a national right. championship game. So I did take TCU with the, with the points, but – I'd be more than happy if, you know if Georgia wins by ten or you know or whatever or by
2: twenty one as common sense, they say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would not be as happy with that, but I bet more yeah. for the over than the than the TCU game. But yeah, very, go. very excited for that game. I think it's uh, I think it's really going to be awesome., uh, it would also be awesome. If you guys could follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook over at Pewter Report. We're trying to get to 10,000 subscribers. Yeah, we're
2: close.
1: Yeah, we're less
0: than 150 subscribers away. So if you like this podcast, if you like our game day show, our tailgate show, our post-game shows, and various clips that uh, we put out on our YouTube channel, we're going to have another clip up uh, a little bit later this afternoon or this evening. Um, if you like all of our content at pewterreport.com and what we do on this YouTube channel, just do us a favor, hit uh, subscribe. It's absolutely free. Yeah. You know, when we go live with different stuff, when we put out new content, we're always talking about the box. We'll be talking about the draft whenever the season is done. And we hope yep. that free the Super
2: agency, all, all that Super
0: Bowl free yep. agency. We'll do some reactionary stuff as well. We got some yep. things planned for the off season. So, um, even when the Bucks aren't in season, right? We have a ton of Bucks content. It's always
2: for- on season for Peter yes, Report. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So and
0: please just subscribe. Yeah. Make
2: sure that you tune in four o'clock on Wednesday. My um, good friend Rick Joyce, Cowboys Insider, will be back. We're going to preview the Bucks Cowboys. I get a feeling it's going to be the best podcast we've ever done, and it's actually going to beat today's, which was the best podcast we've ever yeah. done. So, uh, from Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds, saying thanks for joining us on this edition of the Peter Report podcast. And we'll see you on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Out. Out.